0: Hey, everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you, though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon's over there. Matt, I went on one vision quest in Arizona and came back to a blizzard of craziness in the NFL. You and I, like, by the way, texting each other <laughs> while I'm on vacation. I'm trying to get all Zen, ride horses, have readings, maybe drink some wine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I actually thought about just pulling up and reading some of the texts you sent me. And then I realized <laughs> like, I can't do that on a podcast where people that don't we, give people any ideas. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so anyway, so, but yeah, you missed a lot. I didn't miss ba- anything. Back. It blew up
1: my vacation.
0: Well, fair enough. My
1: vacation will always, I will always remember my vacation as the hour I laid in a bed with a dream catcher ahead of me, above me, wondering if Antonio Brown was really going to Buffalo.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can, we haven't podcasted since that happened. Nah. Like that feels like, by the way, feels like a hundred years ago.
1: You have like been in three different relationships since no, we last podcasted. No, I have
0: been stone alone the whole time. <laughs> um But that uh was the greatest moment in football Twitter history. Like I for both for both of Antonio Brown's trade announcements, I was actually just online and saw them pop into my feed in real time. And I mean, the Buffalo one was incredible. I mean, I know this is so old news by now, but it was just an unbelievable time to be It was online. amazing.
1: And Antonio Brown's story is amazing. But I think, you know, the thing about Diva receivers is that they like to one-up each other. Yeah. And OBJ certainly one-upped AB. With the news that he's going to Cleveland, we actually received a voicemail about this. So let's take a listen. And by the way, if you have questions for us, you can dial 888-859-2466. That's 888-859. No, it's 888-YAHOO.
2: No, 888-85-YAHU yeah wanna, what he said what do you want to anyway, try it again
1: <laughs> no just listen to the voicemail <laughs>
2: just keep dialing numbers you'll get someone eventually pizza place us that's Anyways. producer Brett by the way <laughs> how's it going let's go hey guys this is Brad I wanted to see what do you guys think of Odell Beckham going to Cleveland does this make him the number
0: one fantasy wide receiver or would you guys take guys like Michael Thomas Julio Jones ahead of him thanks guys I think the biggest debate that I've had with people so far is actually Nuke Hopkins or, yep. or Odell Beckham. Yep. And I mean, maybe I'm just high on Browns hype and I 100% am, but I think I might take Beckham first. I think this might be just a special and unique situation. I know that projecting the raw target numbers, Hopkins is certainly the favorite to see more. You know, he has chemistry with his quarterback, but I mean, damn, if I'm not, thrilled with the possibility I mean I know Beckham is an elite producer he's number two or he's second in touchdowns per game and number three in yards per game since he entered the NFL but you know just watching him and charting his routes and his release moves for a reception perception there's so much more meat left on the bone Liz and now we're going to get it with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield this is what the football God's deserve to give us
1: so we know that odell beckham jr is one of the most elite catchers right everybody remembers the michael jordan catch if you will he can catch all the balls last year he averaged over 10 targets per game caught over six balls per effort right that to me is less about obj and more about eli manning now you take him to baker mayfield who is a fantastically accurate passer. If anything, that was what got him the job heading out of the draft. That was the most glowing piece of his uh, of his mechanics and I fully expect that conversion rate to be lights out. I also agree that for me it's between Nuke and OBJ. It depends what else happens in free agency and after this point in Houston. Yeah. Right because the other amazing thing about this Cleveland trade is that He's being reunited with his college buddy, Jarvis Landry.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like, also just from a social level, like, the fact that it's like the reverse LeBron. You know, like, the fact that a player of OBJ's level wants to go to Cleveland says so much about this franchise and gets everyone excited, and now I think people want to play up, right? Like, there is that feeling of playing up of efforting for the moment, for the bigger situation. And I think, you know, you've seen Will Fuller not stay healthy kiki cutie can't stay healthy the number two in houston can't stay healthy that hasn't affected hopkins terribly but i think if there was a legitimate either running piece or number two nuke could i mean you, you disagree with me about this a little bit but like could overcome the question marks that obj might face in his first year with the team
0: yeah, I just think the situation in Cleveland. I mean, you bring up a great point in terms of people wanting to play up. I think that's true. I just uh interviewed uh, David Njoku, the oh, Browns tight end yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Good I, for you. I, you know, I wanted to get in the name drop before you got in <laughs> name drops. <laughs> but um I talked to him yesterday and you know, he's already saying Super Bowl. I mean, he's saying Super Bowl. That's unbelievable coming out of Cleveland. Well, his fantasy fifth...
1: value is brutal. Well, I mean, I
0: didn't I didn't bring that up to him, Liz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. oddly, oddly enough. Um but also, the Browns are now number five in terms of odds to reach the Super Bowl. That's, According
1: to Vegas, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's yep.
0: incredible. I mean, this elevates the team so much, and I agree that everybody else is going to want to play up to it. So to answer the question, I think both of us are are definitely at least considering having him be the number one receiver, and simply because, again, I think that while Beckham has been super productive, I think there's still so, so much more for him to do because this is an elite talent period and was clearly held back by a corpse of an aging quarterback he's
1: also not the most durable guy in the world that is a concern. he has the lower yeah. body issues hamstring issues and i will say i'm not going to say who but a former new york giant who hasn't played for the team did tell me that he was concerned with the way obj trains yeah and his training methods um are not necessarily helping him in terms of his long-term con- conditioning i don't you i'm not yeah, going to get into it you. but that also gives me a little bit of pause because there is a situation just because the browns are the browns in which i imagine all of this hype all oh. of this happening and then he comes up lame
0: you don't know, say that <laughs> don't but say if i'm that. looking between i mean like these You're, are these factors. are tiebreakers yeah right like one is a
1: durable a durable uh consistent beast the other guy Flash is, an, is amazing, considered one of maybe currently the best receiver in the game playing, right? It's between him and A.B. And he can't stay as healthy. So
0: so did you see this Beckham trade coming? Did you really think this was going to happen? Because there's been so— We talked
1: a little bit about it. There's
0: been so much smoke about it. And this was what—I feel I feel bad for Giants fans. I normally don't feel bad for fan bases but I really feel bad for them in this instance so I don't want to kick too much dirt on the grave but it's crazy now how much I mean constant flack you would get from Giants fans for even suggesting that this might happen be like Dave Gettleman I mean prize son Dave Gettleman said you got some baggage with him "Uh, yeah I do but but who doesn't now at this point I mean he's the clown of the league right now but anyways you know dave they said dave gettleman said we didn't sign him to trade him we didn't sign him to trade him i mean which is, just goes down as one of the biggest you know bold faced lies that's ever been told by a general manager i feel bad for them but i i bring this up only because like yeah, when when this trade happened yesterday or was it, this was Wednesday right no Tuesday. Tuesday Today's afternoon. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. T- yeah. So it's Tuesday. I'm lost. man. There's <laughs> been so much news. <laughs> I- Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I'm getting ready to, you know, again, just, you do not see this coming. Um, like we all were kind of waiting on the AB trade, but this one it was about four uh, o'clock Pacific time. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go home because I don't really have anything to do tonight, whatever. Um, but I'm going to stop on my way home and get a haircut. I just need to get the sides buzzed. It I'd looks been, great. I'd been here since like seven in the morning. Uh, I was like, I'm just going to leave. He
1: doesn't even like say thank you. If you love that. Him in you. I compliment his haircut. He's that. like, yeah, yeah,
0: I know. No, no, I appreciate you. Um, I'm just gonna leave. So as I'm but not not five minutes am I out the building before I get the news alert. Oh On my god, oh yeah. Be- Beckham's just been traded. I'm like, what the hell? I you know, it's was wild. I just wasn't expecting it. That's did it make different. your hair stand up? I mean, which I think that the, yeah, it, it did make it easier for them to cut. Cool. Which is nice.
1: It looks it looks great. But um thanks. but
0: not as great as Beckham's gonna look in a Browns uniform. I wrote this for the website, the website. I think the Browns could be the best offense in the NFL this year. I don't
1: think you're alone in that in that no. thought. I, I think the Chiefs know, are
0: the favorite, but I still would say the Browns could potentially be up there.
1: Baker Mania is going. I mean, obviously, this does massive things to Baker's fantasy stock. I think if you look at, no one wants to look at the New York side of things, though. And
0: well, no, we can. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> let's. let I'm just gonna. Let's stay positive, and then we talk. Giants. Well, I think this
1: is a positive fantasy perspective because I I do oh, think that Evan Ingram no. is now a target hog. Absolutely. Like, I know for a fact that he and Eli have great rapport. I've seen (laughs) it unfold in front of me. You've seen
0: it slap right into reality. Yep,
1: boing. And so Golden Tate has been signed to the uh, New York Football Giants, a 31, he'll be 31 in August, slot receiver with amazing ability after the catch, just like their running back who is basically the same.
0: And they already have, their best receiver is a slot receiver, Sterling Sterling Shepard. yeah. Um,
1: but whoa, that court now is Corey Coleman's moment. Hashtag Corey. They revenge did hit him. Life. They
0: did hit him with that original round tender, which of course is a first round tender as a restricted free agent. Um, there's, you know, I, I saw a little bit of Corey Coleman buzz out there from like the real freak shows on the here. internet. But
1: Evan Ingram is the only one I'm touching, and Saquon.
0: I mean, I don't know though. Look, this offense could be a complete tire fire.
1: But you're assuming that Eli Manning plays all 16 weeks.
0: Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am because I, I at this point. I understand that
1: that's a fair assumption, but Daniel Jones is going to come in there.
0: Ugh, great. And then it's just some trash can rookie that's on an a offense. But that's a perfect
1: opportunity for a tight end that everyone is dismissing. No, no, he was I, a top five tight end two years ago, got hurt this year, and everyone's like, wow. Well, who else is he going to throw the ball to?
0: I I get it. but It's not
1: a sexy I, pick. It's not the fun pick, but let's just put on our thinking caps for a second. I
0: totally understand what you're saying. But again, if we're talking about breaking ties, I will always break ties against players in really, really, really bad offenses. And I'm talking about Saquon Barkley more here than anything. If we're talking people want to take him at the top of the draft, we've we've seen this story before. We've seen it with Todd Gurley in 2016. We've seen it with David Johnson just last year. Two of what everybody agrees are the most talented running backs in the NFL. They play on horrifically bad offenses with totally uninspiring quarterback play. And they suck for, for a fantasy running back. I mean, it will
1: be interesting to go back and look at the numbers the weeks that OBJ was active oh, can, versus I've, the ones that I have not done the I've deep looked, dive on. I've,
0: uh, I've looked at the numbers. Okay. And I mean, they, Boy wonder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just because I went on uh, the spin and talked about it and people like this guy doesn't even know what Saquon Barkley did when Odell Beckham was out. And he scored some touchdowns, but also struggled to run the ball uh, efficiently. And I'm But st- did his
1: passing yards make up for it?
0: I guess if you'd like to say that. Definitely. I mean, there, there was I mean, some...
1: it, you would imagine if OBJ's out, then he's so going to see more targets, here's, right?
0: Here's, here's, here's how it went. Against Washington, uh, he had 14 carries for 170, 170 yards and a touchdown. Great, great line. But it is, by the Washington. way, Washington. Yeah. Uh, he also caught four passes then. Uh, against Tennessee, the next week, 14 for 31 on the ground and four for 25 through the air. Against Indianapolis, the next week, 21, 43, and a touchdown on the ground five for 34 through the air. And then against Dallas, who, by the way, keep in mind, Dallas was resting players. Leighton Vander Esch played 51% sure. of the snaps. Jalen Smith was really the only linebacker that was out there very much. Demarcus Lawrence hardly played at all in that game. Then he did go 17 for one or nine and a touchdown and four for 33 through the air. So not horrible, but not, top, a, not t- number one pick, pick yeah. in, in the draft type of situation. Yeah. I know Liz, you and I obviously don't remember much of that week 17 game. Uh,
1: <laughs> Matt was trying not to throw up. All right. So, interesting. Yes. Really quickly, off the top of my head, who are you ranking ahead? Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley?
0: Gurley, right now. Just because uh, maybe Arthritic it's, knee and all. Yeah, maybe it's different in a dynasty format, whatever. But Gurley is still young. Gurley is still a pass-catching threat, and he's attached to a much better offense. I will always, always, always want to tether my running backs to good offenses
1: don't disagree and, with that
0: and not and just as long as they're not it, it there's a certain threshold right like offenses 25 to 32 in the league those are the ones I really want to avoid and 30 to 32 those are really the ones mm-hmm. I, I don't want any part of but I don't know again New York train wreck by the way just we, we, we where are
1: you ranking Nick Chubb
0: I'm ex- I mean Top I'm excited five, right? yeah I, I well I don't know I mean there's the cream hunt question, but you might have they there I think they're expecting you to be without him for eight games.
1: By the way, didn't this OBJ stuff just wash all that away?
0: Oh, totally. Any shade. I mean, I, I was considering not picking the Browns as my team to be a lifelong fan of in two thousand nineteen for the fantasy. But then because of the cream hunt thing kinda that was kinda like eh, holding me back. But now this OBJ thing happens and I I don't know what to do. I'm very conflicted. So we'll see. But back in New York, I mean, what a nightmare. I can we just take like at least a few shots at 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 this whole organization and what a what a damn train wreck it is. I mean, after this
1: is what we've talked about on live streams, though, like the New York media, they, they don't need to sell tickets like this is they don't have to be good to make money.
0: Yeah. But the New and the New York media is ready to carry that water, too. There's yep. they, they've up already and, been up there. Look at these Brown the peppers highlights. Oh, that, I felt bad for the giant <clears throat> social media person. Like, could you imagine having to to tweet that out? I mean, you knew what you were going to get. I think yeah. every single one of those. Yeah, tweets But you got do it ratioed. anonymously
1: like everything else online. Let's talk about Antonio Brown, because yeah, okay. how quickly things change. I tweeted out that the most fascinating that so many so many coaches and GMs move out of a place of fear, but none of that exists for Gruden. He's got cash, he's got security. He's just moving to move, I guess. Yeah. You know? But the A B move was an interesting one, a three year deal for $50 million with $30 million guaranteed. So huzzah. He won. Yeah. A B wins. Yeah, we'll get to another Steeler who some say did not win. Um, But I am interested in this because you always hear that like when a player gets like like not that they're the same level of player at all. But like Tavon Austin, like you pay a player and then (laughs) they like that's just the one that comes to mind most immediately. Like you pay a player and then things go sideways. A.B. has shown Um, erratic. He has erratic behavior. He's shown to have a healthy-sized ego. Our colleague, Scott Pianowski, who's also the host of the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast, tweeted this, and I thought it was very interesting. Quote, Antonio Brown never played on a losing team in Pittsburgh. If the Raiders are shipwrecked early in 2019, which I think could be possible, I wonder how it's going to play out. Contract days are exciting and smiley, sure, but a career in purgatory will test and define a man.
0: I, I'm not you don't care. I don't I'm not bothered by this at all, because you can say a lot of things about Antonio Brown in terms of his personality. I, I get it. I don't you know, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard is that we're not everybody's for everybody. You know, like you don't need to get along with you. You're anybody, not my basically. people. You're not. That's not my people. Like maybe you don't want to get a beer with Antonio Brown. I get it. But one thing you can't question about the guy is that he is one of the hardest workers in the NFL. That is, nobody has ever questioned that. For a team
1: that was a constant playoff contender. But he also quit on his team.
0: But did he really quit on his team or was it a mutual situation. I think you can look at it as he walked away or you could look at it as he was driven away. I think there's a lot of different ways I don't ways know to, man, like, he
1: was a playoff contender and I uh, there well, definitely were personalities that got in play. Like I'm not saying that Big Ben is like innocent no, and all no. this and like No, or
0: the Steelers organization by sure. the way. Just former Steelers tight end Jesse James who just signed with the Lions and had his introductory press conference today. They asked him like, you know, are you are you happy to be away for or like what do you you know what do you have feel like leaving Pittsburgh he's like, I'm happy to be away from all the drama like and it's not just because and then he said and you know they just lost two players who we were big difference makers for them Brown was liked in the locker room he wasn't some locker room cancer that's just a fact and again this is one of the the hardest working guys in the NFL he's a self-made guy six round pick becomes one of the best wide receivers to ever play Kevin Clark wrote a piece in the ringer that I was reading today where the guy will stay after practice and you know he even just delay interviews for hours because he sits there and works on the jug I mean, machine he's got we, a the he's, same
1: thing about Jameis Winston is the first guy there. He's there with the janitors, right, but this, style. But this like
0: shows up, you know. This shows up in the games. I mean, again, it showed
1: up in a game on a winning team. I, I do I think it's it. an interesting point. I know I watched your bid on the spin. Very good. I, I'm glad you got the click. You got mine. Um, <laughs> you think he's going to be a top ten guy? Yes. Even with the de- the depreciation in quarterback talent. Oh
0: yeah, because again, we're. Like, nobody can sit there and make the case that this is not a downgrade. No, no one, like, reasonable could do that. But I still think he's going to push for the lead in the NFL and targets. I mean, yeah, they have a guy like Tyrell Williams there. But that's otherwise... That's sneaky play in which my is, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's a, That was a, a really nice pickup for them. I mean, they've made a couple of nice pickups. They just had to pay big, big money for it. but Which
1: they're flush with.
0: They're flush with cap space. They may or may not be, be flush with actual space. That's true, because caps. they spent all their money on
1: Antonio Brown. You're <laughs> um, right.
0: Sure. But... Regardless, I still think that Brown could push to catch 100 balls this year. I don't think that's out of the question at all, because, again, this is an offense that doesn't and it might be it's going to be a lot uglier than it was in Pittsburgh. But I still think we could look back at the end of the year and he is still a top 10 receiver simply because of the volume that he gets. And again, we just as I said with Odell Beckham, elite Hall of Fame level. Talent, and I don't say that about many people. But that is that is Antonio Brown, he's one of the biggest difference makers. What did you in say? Perception
1: perception, he had what 98% of his something go for it.
0: <laughs> he's been above the 96th percentile Sixth. in every se- single season I've charted versus in success rate versus man coverage. I mean, that is, un- and about, I have all five of his seasons since I started doing this since 2014. Over the last five years, he's been the standard for route running the standard for separation and and again that all comes from hard ass work i mean i can't i know that i might be willing to just wave off some of the off field concerns with antonio brown because I, I do like him personally uh, after spending some time with him. I, and that is
1: the second name drop of the episode.
0: Listen, I just, I, I think he's an enthralling personality and I really respect him as a player, like mm-hmm. more than anybody else. Cause I watch all of these goofballs run routes all day and there's nobody better at doing it for, than Brown. And I think everybody will tell you that that comes from working at it, working at it. And, and I think that's the biggest thing with playing the position. So because he is such a difference maker and because of the volume, I, I think he's going to get, I'm not going to just complain. Completely write him off like people are saying that he's not even going to be a wide receiver one or going to be a low end wide receiver one come on give me a break I
1: think that's a little extreme but I do I just think that Scott's tweet perfectly put the point on a thing that we're all thinking it's not about being a bad person or not being a hard worker it's about like well I'm going to start making golf plans because am I going to sacrifice my body I'm getting paid anyway
0: that's what I don't think we'll see is that he's go- like I don't see I mean, him- we're
1: playing sofa psychologists sure, at this no, point. no and, like- and
0: I'm just saying my perspective while I hear what Scott's saying and, I, and he's not the only one to say it I don't I see him I definitely see him and Derek Carr uh, sniping at each other on on the sideline I definitely see Antonio Brown getting pissed but what I don't see him doing is packing it in you know like in week 14 we're just gonna see him you know taking plays off or whatever that I don't believe
1: okay it will be Interesting. Uh, we did mention Tyrell Williams was added to the roster, and the team has released 33 year old Jordy Nelson, so he will do whatever he's going to do. But I do, I, I am more interested, frankly, in Tyrell Williams as a as a prospect.
0: Yeah, that's. I think be that's a, a guy one. who has
1: real potential and could surprise, and whose stock could vault up hugely. And unexpectedly, virtually unexpectedly, like he was last year a, pug, a plug and play guy. But and also I think conversely, like now I'm kind of this is what happens in fantasy because one domino falls and then there are mm-hmm. other ecosystems affected. Mike Williams, to me, is even more interesting, even with Hunter Henry back than he was last year having to share time with Tyrell.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, he's another one that we've talked about this, I think, during that hazy week 17 uh, brunch that we watched But that watched was in person,
1: games. not on... No, no, I agree. So
0: what I I was going to say was, and I actually, no, we actually have talked about this on the podcast. We talked about Calvin Ridley and that uh, pressing questions situation that lasted, Brett made last like three months or whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, But like six weeks. Sure. uh, Not my narrative. But, you know, I I said that Calvin Ridley would be one of those guys that people would be like, oh, he's going to regress or whatever. But the volume would increase. So that it would offset that regression. I think Mike Williams could be the same way Mm -hmm. as a guy who everybody's going to say he's not going to score 10 touchdowns on 65 targets again. No kidding. Thank you, buddy. But we don't (laughs) expect him to get 65 targets again.
1: So we talked about how the Giants are maybe the not so favorite team in New York. But all of a sudden the Jets are gaining favor in the Big Apple slash New Jersey. Which is actually where their fan base lives. So let's talk about the biggest signing, Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. It finally happened. We had been, it had been, not necessarily we had been, but it had been projected for months. I want to say they were the people who were that was the team that it was that it was going to happen.
0: I feel like we, but we were both on the Jets as the destination, and then we flipped last minute because it seemed I, too know, perfect. It did seem we were too like, easy. No, but it apparently never that lines was up. the best offer all along.
1: Yeah, and I think the Le'Veon Bell signing is interesting because it's a big name and was attached to a lot of drama. I think the Osemele signing, to me, is more telling about what this team wants to do and how they are all in on Sam Darnold and really making a run for it. Jamison Crowder was also added. I mean, I don't know why you give Jamison Crowder... Money when it's you're going to sign Levy, Levy fantasy, on Bell. Yeah. Well,
0: because like, you want to know why you said. Because you want to
1: give Sam Darnold all the security blankets. You want to give Not... him a passy and a Nubby <laughs> and a Stuffy That's a
0: great... and a Comfort Dog. That needs to be like a Photoshop job there. Um, But. That You were not necessarily going in. You didn't say they're going all in. Mike McCagan's going all in to save his save bacon. His yeah. Sure. I mean, that's what's, that's what's happening here. He's been – I know uh, Pat Thorman from Pro Football Focus basically said, and I hope this isn't what happens. I hope this goes differently for the Jets' sake and for Sam Darnold. But he made the allusion to um Jerry Reese back with the Giants. Like he had that one year where he went crazy in free agency, signed Janoris Jenkins, signed Olivier Vernon, signed Snacks Harrison, and it worked. For one, for one year, year, and then everything blew up afterwards. So I think I, I hope that this works differently. But yeah, they've made a lot of moves. They've made a lot of interesting moves. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I. What do you think about Le'Veon Bell to the Jets? Where does where does that where does he stand for you?
1: I think he's still a top. Oh my God, where? Well, I'm if I'm talking running back rankings,
0: there's a lot of good running backs. Yeah, there's a lot of good running backs, and it just basically depends on how do you feel about the Jets' offense with Sam Darnold. Do you think they'll be A top twenty, a top fifteen offense. Because again, if it's if it's me, that's how I tend to break ties. But
1: I think that they're on the upswing, and I think that Le'Veon Bell. I mean, also I think we've been talking so much about RB doesn't matter, and Le'Veon Bell puts a real wrench in that conversation. Because he's a slot receiver, mm-hmm. because he has not just patience and vision, but he is a game changer, right? Like, I, he is the first time when I'm thinking about this conversation, and I used it myself in the Todd Gurley article I, I wrote, um, referencing CJ Anderson. The Rams gave Todd Gurley all of this money, and now it's like, well, what's gonna happen? But Le'Veon Bell does make things better. He, it's not, he's not just a runner. So, running back talent running talent may not matter but running back talent in 2019 at the level to which the position has evolved does matter
0: i actually just wrote a piece for the website uh last night about how uh i'm scooping you bro yeah about how (laughs) conflicted i felt about uh about running backs don't matter. Did you really? When, when this, when this signed. Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't
1: seen it. I'm sorry. No, it's
0: okay. It just went up late last night. Cause I don't work well on <laughs> deadlines. Actually, I think I do work better with deadlines. I should start giving myself deadlines, but th- nobody cares about this. But anyways, I, I not so much the idea of like what a difference maker he will be because while I do think, you know, generally running backs don't matter or they were a, a replaceable position. I think that there are guys like, Le'Veon Bell who are difference makers you know that there's there's some degree of difference of having a guy like CJ Anderson back there to a you know Le'Veon Bell over the long term I think that that would difference would show up but I don't I can't I don't have any evidence or data right. to, to prove that well but, this year
1: will be that will be one of the biggest hypotheses heading into this year
0: but the part that has me more conflicted and I actually kind of want to bounce this off you is so I think you and I both feel the same way that we're both very pro player right yeah. like I don't care about ownership. I don't care about teams. I don't care about decision makers. This game is about the players to me. I watch this game because I watch as as fascinating as a sixty minute sit down session with Bill Belichick would be discussing football strategy. I'm not watching that over a football game. You know, mm-hmm. to me, I want the play. This game takes so much from the players. The least I can have for them to do is take every bit they can back out of it, and most of that comes financially. I want every player to get paid. So when the Le'Veon Bell contract comes down. My two rooting interests here are conflicted because on the side of, yes, I want the players to get paid. I also want the league to be smarter. And I don't think paying running backs big money is is smart decision making. So doesn't don't you think that naturally presents a conflict to somebody like me? And I don't know what to do with that feeling because I want everybody, Le'Veon included, to get paid as much money as they want. But also, I I want the league to be smarter. I don't want dinosaurs like Dave Gettleman ruining franchises, you know, left and right. I want teams to be smarter, but I don't think paying running backs is smart. If
1: players push the position to evolve just the way, for instance, like the cast, the touring cast of Cinderella, the musical, is getting paid a very different amount of money than the touring cast of Hamilton. Right? Because Hamilton changed the entire genre. So I would say a player who is able to push the envelope, force the position to evolve, and create players behind him to have to move forward in a different way deserves more money because they are not just players at that point, they become change makers right. and influencers. And so I'm okay with Le'Veon Bell getting paid because what he did in Pittsburgh has now been modeled a million times. He is the pilot of that episode yeah, for better or for worse. And now I don't think the money worked out as well as he was hoping on this one, but I would like to see him get paid. And if people are going to overpay for carbon copies of Hamilton, that's on them, man. <laughs> but right. someone like the next, the next Hamilton is going to come along. Like, Rent happened, and then Hamilton happened, and I don't know why this is Broadway talk all of a sudden, but <laughs> it is. This is my favorite
2: subject. No <laughs> joke.
1: But do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like rent happened, and it was the gold standard, and everyone tried to do rent-like things, and then Hamilton happened, and, it's, and it just it Yeah, the broke.
2: 98 revival of Cabaret with Alan Cumming. Dude, I saw I mean, Cats
1: at the Pantages too. Oh, weeks I was ago. thinking
2: about going. Le Miz is coming to the Pantages. I'm thinking about checking oh, it out. Oh, my
1: husband would like that. You,
2: you can't get through a three-hour production of Les Miz without shedding a tear. But oh, back no, it's to, But back to the Jets. Oh. So,
1: the point
0: is... <laughs> Shedding a tear, transition.
1: So, does that change your thoughts on it at all? We do it for quarterback all the time. We're yeah. seeing Kyler Murray and different right. quarterbacks force that envelope. So, why can't we do it for other positions?
0: Yeah, I think... I don't know, because, again, I think that the position, no matter how fantastic or how evolved you are, I still don't think it moves the needle that much. Like... Saquon Barkley is the perfect example. I mean, the guy was like the best running back in the NFL last year. It didn't move the needle at all for the Giants. They but then, were then it's still, always
1: about the quarterback.
0: Ex- that's, the, that's kind of like, so at the end, so at the end of the piece, I basically said, like, maybe my answer here is just to accept that this is reality and reality just kind of sucks for these running backs, but it is the reality of the situation. And I think that sometimes as awful as it is, NFL analysis is basically, do you have the quarterback or do you not? And right. if you don't, you're banged. And if you do, so many more Well, the Rams went
1: to the Super Bowl, right? Around, on, the, on the shoulders of Todd Gurley.
0: Yeah. Yes? I mean, I guess. I, I mean, are you going to say I, that, like, they didn't I think get they the record? I think they got there because of their coach and the way that they run offense.
1: But who was the focal point of that offense? I'm trying to help you here. Like,
0: I, think the, I think it was the passing game, honest to God. Not the quarterback, but the passing game.
1: Oh, God, you're killing me.
0: I mean, it's one of the most productive passing offenses in and the NFL. And who is NFL. catching
1: the most of the ball? Like, d- after Cooper Cup went out, who was catching most of those balls?
0: Todd Gurley, but I think a because lot he of— he has
1: changed the position. This is not Gus the Bus trying to find a hole. I get it. Well,
0: it's definitely not Gus, but I think that that production is replicable. I don't think that it's just there because it's Todd Gurley. I think it's there because of the way they call plays and the way they scheme.
1: I think that there is so much more nuance to the position, and a player who is able to create a new requirement for the position deserves to get paid for being an influencer.
0: This is why I'm conflicted, because half of me really, really agrees with everything you just said. Half of me feels a little weird that I believe this theory so much, but I, I'm a little squeamish when it comes to the practical application of it, which is, you know, don't pay any of these guys So or you whatever. think
1: Saffold should be paid like that you think Le'Veon Bell should be paid less money than Roger Saffold.
0: No, because that seems illogical. So this is what I'm saying. I don't well, know what I think. That's what's I don't, happening. this is the conflict. This is why I wrote the pieces because this is, this is the, this is the issue here. This is the conflict. I don't know how I feel about it. I think there is, I think there are some running backs in the league that are difference makers. and I think Le'Veon Bell is one of them. And I think he does. He is. I think he's going to move the needle for the jets because they already have The quarterback, because they already have.
1: What's your favorite kitchen tool?
0: Oh my god! Your knife,
1: right? right? What is the one thing you are happy to spend money on in the kitchen?
0: A good, uh, like cast iron pan.
1: Okay, do you need one of those to cook?
0: No, but if you want to do it well, you do. All right. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I feel conflicted, and I don't know how to feel.
1: Well, I hope I hope this therapy sesh worked things out. Jameson Crowder is a by the way. Get, nah, get, out nah, yeah. I don't, get out of here. I actually
0: don't really right now at this point, I'm not all that like jazzed about investing in any of the Jets receivers. But again, it's it's freaking March. Like We might have things crystallize a little more towards the season. But
1: We can't forget that Adam Gase is coaching this I, well,
0: team. I want to <laughs> forget that Adam Gase is coaching the team because there's so much <laughs> intrigue around it right now. I mean, I really believe in Sam Darnold. Uh, I really believe in what he did over the last month of the season. I think he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. I'm excited as hell for Jets fans that they have this great running back back there. That they have. And this they've got big, a blocker. They have they this have, big hulking guard. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get excited about here. And then it's like, oh, but Gase
1: and, and Mac- Williams is and, like a twofer.
0: Yeah, and McCagnan is still there, and like he's just throwing money. I think there's. I want to be really excited for both Jets and Browns fans. I just think there's much more poison in the infrastructure for the Jets than there is in Cleveland. But nevertheless. I do think we're more excited about this offense now than we ever thought we probably would, you know, two years ago.
1: Another downtrodden offense is often the Lions, which everyone's calling the Pats Midwest. Speaking of
0: people that need some therapy, I mean,
1: (laughs) you better sit up straight, Matt, when you're talking to me. (laughs) Um, But here's here are the signings. Danny Amendola, one year, four point five million. Trey Flowers. 18 million annually for for five years with 40 million guaranteed. Jesse James, who you mentioned earlier, he's not was not a patriot, but he was the only one four year deal for 25 million. All of this is fine, I guess. Uh, I don't think that Danny Amendola is a replica of Golden Tate.
0: No. I mean, they, he's a guy who's only good in the playoffs for a team, and this team's not going to the playoffs, playoffs. Right. Uh, The Trey Flowers one—I well, know this doesn't have anything to do with fantasy, but who cares? It's our podcast; we do whatever we want. That's a nice signing for them, I think, just because uh, the the coach knows him. When like it's probably better for him to go somewhere with the coach that knows him, as opposed to like going somewhere that they don't know him. He has
1: to learn a whole new scheme. Um, I do like the Jesse James signing because I think something. That's not talked about a lot is that he's a run blocker. Like everyone thinks about tight ends and their current iteration as red zone weapons. But I like that Jesse James is there on an O line that was supposed to be much better than it was heading into last year. They had that Frank Ragnow now signing. And I thought it was an up and down line. Like there were moments they were okay. Matt Stafford didn't really contribute to making the rest of his. TJ Lang got good.
0: hurt and now he's just got released. He might even retire.
1: But I like that there are some more bodies here to help carry on Johnson, who I am liking more and more. He should be healthy by OTAs as well.
0: Fingers crossed, yeah.
1: I like him a lot.
0: Can we talk bills?
1: Sure. Let's talk bills.
0: They signed the goat. Your son. John Brown. I mean I'm a full on Josh Allen truther now at this point. Oh, I mean Christ. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Let me stand for the guy. All right. I mean, no, but I do think, obviously, of course, the downfield speed, the downfield arm, even though he doesn't have great deep passing stats from his rookie year, obviously we know Josh Allen is willing to sling it. I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Josh Allen could be 2018 version of joe flacco in allen's rookie season and brown was productive with joe flacco last year right
1: until lamar jackson was the quarterback that's true
0: stopped and literally stopped throwing the football
1: i also think if you've got a passer like josh allen and you put a gps on that ball (laughs) john brown might be the only one who could track it
0: yeah you know yeah he's great i mean everybody knows i love john brown i think there are places obviously that if in my like wildest dreams i could have preferred him to go to like cleveland like indianapolis like green bay whatever but we're in the we're in the future now we're in the we're in the present you're and letting the pre- it go and the present is that josh allen will obviously become the goat and uh he'll ride john brown to victory
1: and john josh allen is gonna have a little uh cole beasley to help him along just- that
0: one's weird right like well, you think about what fits with Josh <clears throat> Allen as like a time, you know, you know, Yeah, but
1: maybe they're trying to get him to evolve. Like Let's maybe the, the thought is like, dude, please just check down. You got this dude. He's got a rap album. Just check down to your homie a little bit.
0: And shout out to Frank Gore for completing like running back retirement home up there with LaShawn McCoy, Chris Ivory and, and Frank Gore all in the same oh, that cold?
1: Can you imagine all the icy hot he's going to need on his joints? All that tiger balm.
0: Maybe Frank Gore, though, is like the guy that, you know. Brings the oomph, brings the hashtag culture to the bills.
1: Sure. And you know what, Matt? My wish for you is that you find somebody who loves you like Frank Gore loves football.
0: <laughs> I can only hope he's Never gonna he do. just wants to play with his son, you know? Like he wants to be in the NFL <laughs> by the time his kid gets in there. It
1: is Methuselah's backfield. Like all three backs. Chris Ivory's not gonna last, but all three backs are well over thirty. Should we do I mean there was so much movement. I think we had a nice therapy session. I believe we have another call on the voicemail that we'll deal with so let's just really quickly go through a couple of other pinpoint moves and you tell me since we're doing a therapy sort of thing first first thing that comes to your mind sure ready like let's go off outline and forget it just go deshaun jackson
0: exactly what they needed they needed a vertical presence all last year and i think it's great that he's back there also kind of kind of sticks it to chip kelly do you remember why Mm -hmm. chip kelly basically gave away jackson for nothing
1: because I didn't like him? He like, he, did the he like legit
0: thought he was in gangs. I mean, I think people forget about that. Like I can't. wild times. Um, yeah, but I think that that's a perfect fit for what the offense is. It's needs. a
1: nice little, like, I appreciate the Eagles commitment to ecology yes, and yester- environmentalism year. by leaning into the recycling movement <laughs> and bringing Deshaun Jackson back. He's still going to be an up and down fantasy asset, but I like him. Nelson Aguilar, you had your shot. Goodbye. I know he's staying with the team, he's like, still be
0: on the team. from a deep passing perspective, though, Carson Wentz as a statistically productive deep ball thrower, much, much better than Jameis Winston, uh, who we know those two never really connected. So I think this Jackson could be interesting this year.
1: Latavius Murray goes to New Orleans from Minnesota. Mark Ingram leaves, goes to the Ravens.
0: Murray will be sneaky, I think great offense i think he can still he's still potential. got juice for sure yep. and mark Ingram to the ravens let me know what do you think his value is gonna be nice in drafts because i mean i think i think he could be a little bit of a steal there in baltimore i
1: totally agree i like i like the move I, he's like i have to see how the adp shakes out and what happens in the draft but he seems to me like one of those if you're gonna do some rb like a nice rb3 area committee like sort of yeah
0: committee pro approach to like your rb2 if you go wide receiver heavy mm-hmm. early i think Mark Ingram could be a part of that.
1: Devin Funches to Indy. Oh, my goodness. Colts do something.
0: I kind of like that they're staying quiet. Um, it oh, shows... so they can
1: get bargains?
0: Well, it shows that they're just not. Impatient, Yeah, that they are clearly committed to building this roster for the long term. They're not necessarily like, oh, you know, we've got all this cap space. We, we just went to the playoffs. Like, we got to, you know, just throw money around. I mean, they're throwing money at Devin Funches, but give me a no, break. No, it's not that much. People, people who get up in their feelings about a one-year deal, just shut up. And he wasn't and so, bad
1: two years ago. Right.
0: Devin, I don't think he's as much of a trash can as people make him out to be, uh, even though he's had some trash can moments in his career. He did make legit promise in 2017, as you mentioned. But also, it's a one-year deal they're flush with crap room who cares if it doesn't work out they just let him walk out just like i mean the jaguars will have no memories of dante moncrief as he walks out the door to pittsburgh this year this will be the same situation oh, let's
1: talk about that one because i love that signing no, dante moncrief sneaky red zone no, prospect don't care absolutely
0: i don't care maybe because i tried to die on moncrief hill like 30 times in my uh, well, four-year writing career <laughs>
1: i'm taking it up i'm taking Enjoy it up it. he did not do poorly at all as a red zone weapon in Indianapolis. He is a better quarterback. And who else is going to suck up all those red zone opportunities? And if you say Juju, I will punch you.
0: If Moncrief is seeing major targets for the Steelers, something is wrong. Something's
1: already wrong. It's been wrong, friend.
0: I agree with you. But I mean, <laughs> if Juju, I mean, Juju, I don't think it's going to get much more volume than he already has. I no. Mean, there could be he a, a bump from like twenty five percent to twenty eight percent of the team targets is gonna be nice and I think he'll be cool. Vance McDonald'll be, will be healthy
1: for like but seven games. If, he'll play if, the slot. If
0: Dante Moncrief beats out James Washington and whatever rookie they end up drafting, they have they it's have happening. problems. It's happening. No, so have All fun right. with that.
1: Let's put a boba on it or something. Let's put some of that boba champagne on it.
0: What is boba? What are you
1: I made of? you drink boba in Bubble the second tea, yes. Come on. Yeah, everyone What knows. was that? The, mimo- the boba mimosa. Oh,
0: listen, I don't remember. I drank too much of it.
1: <laughs> All right. Adam Humphreys. Oh, Adam oh, Humphreys. Well, you want to skip
0: Kevin Coleman?
1: I'm actually going to wait till the end. Thanks for trying to be the host. So Uh, I was trying to end with a flourish. Thank you.
0: What's my role here? I I don't know what Adam Humphrey's role is. I know. I think he's got a great. This is a perfect one that like I could already hear the anguish in your voice. There's so many better fantasy landing spots that this could that he could have gone to. But it is the type of player that Marcus Mariota needs. I mean, I will have no interest in drafting a slot receiver on a likely mediocre offense because those guys need insane volume to be productive if they're not going to play on an offense like that. And I don't think he ends up seeing that.
1: I do like the Roger Saffold signing. Agree. $44 million is an interesting number. But, you know, Roger Saffold, I think, single-handedly won the game, the playoff game for the Rams in which they beat the Cowboys. He was a beast creating all sorts of holes for C.J. Anderson. I also am interested. I did a little bit of a deep dive. The new offensive coordinator in Tennessee is Arthur Smith. He promised that Derrick Henry was going to be a big part of the offense. And ironically, Smith was an offensive guard when he played ball in high school and college. But he has a lot of um, familiarity with the trenches. And so I feel like Derrick Henry, man, that is a guy I'm interest, interested in seeing and ascending. I hope that people forgot about the last month of the season because they were out of the fantasy playoffs. And it won't affect his stock so much. But I think when you tie a nice little piece like Humphreys to catch the ball, yeah, you know, and then just let Derek Henry sort of do his thing. He can catch ish, but he can run and he can find giant holes. I think Smith's going to use him well.
0: I think that should I think he should yeah. all
1: right. Tevin Coleman reuniting with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco,
0: and Kyle Shanahan has already said that just because Tevin Coleman is here does not mean we're getting rid of Jarek McKinnon and maybe Who that, he handpicked. and maybe that ends up not being true. but basically when I saw that signing, I was like. Pfft. Good luck. You want to try to predict that backfield because I think Brita is good. I think Kyle Shanahan knows how to use Tevin Coleman. I think Kyle Shanahan really likes Jared McKinnon and is excited about the prospect of finding way to use him. The
1: heart wants, and Kyle Shanahan is in love with two people, maybe three, maybe
0: three. Maybe in love with two and a half people yeah right at least um, he made is he, he's in love with two people but there's a third one out there that might be the best one for him
1: it's like this this penultimate episode of the bachelor
0: yes no i agree and as going through a similar series right now i feel that you know what it's like there's you like can relate teams that i want to pick but again if you have a strong take about how this turns out good for you like i'm patting <laughs> you on the head good good for you because i don't i'm not going to pretend to right oh, now. oh it's going
1: to be a timeshare yeah. Neither one of these backs. Exactly. Neither one of these backs can excel as the RB1. We talked about this with Tevin Coleman a couple of weeks ago. Same thing is true for Jarek McKinnon, assuming assuming he remains healthy. Let's also not forget that Kyle Shanahan, during free agency last season, made Jarek McKinnon at the time the fourth most highest paid running back in the league. He loves him. Yeah. Handpicked. Watch all the tapes. So for the Coleman Truthers and the. McKinnon diehards, let's not forget that Kyle Shanahan and the is Brita, the president Bros. of both fan clubs. <laughs> the Brita Bros, I mean, I, I'm going to take a little backseat because sometimes like Burita <laughs> seems to me like his side chick. Like you'll do if I'm in a pinch. Like that's the midnight. I think that's
0: the one that he should be with. I think that in the end that's the one that he should be with.
1: I mean, I just think maybe... Maybe he's too thirsty. Mm, Clearly. So, producer Brett, on that note, speaking of thirstiness, tell us uh, who's calling
2: for advice. Oh, let's first dial in, you know.
1: Oh, sure. We're sorry.
2: I need to set this up first. Okay. This person called after Matt had tweeted... Not everyone follows Matt on Twitter. Matt had tweeted that he's legally obligated to answer any question. So this person makes reference to that just so people are just so people are
0: in the dark. I'm already nervous.
2: Hey, guys, I'm looking at this uh, tweet here. Seriously, anything is on the table. We're obligated to answer per the rules. Fantastic. Got a question for you. Why does nodding of the head signify yes and shaking of the head signify no? Remember, you are obligated.
1: Thanks. Well, this isn't a trivia line; it's an advice line.
0: Uh, well, we have to answer, I guess. Um, I mean, because that's just the way it is.
1: I'm sure, is this guy some sort of anthropologist or I don't something? Know. And I he actually, knows.
2: I actually dug into the anthropology of this as research for you guys. And if you guys don't have any
0: answers, I'll I'll get into it. Well, I think that the reason that we nod our head yes is because that is actually a, a harder. This is medical science here. actually <laughs> Anthropology. But this is a harder move to go up and down with your neck. It puts a little strain on, on the back of your neck. Um, but you're messing you, with
1: your vertebrae back there? But
0: yeah, right. But if you just do this, it's actually kind of relaxing. And honestly, because of our negativity bias as human beings, the easier motion is to do the no motion as opposed to do the yes motion. Medically, that is the correct answer.
1: I think that you're saying you shake your head left to right for no because back in the cave person days when something was coming down on you, you'd have to look back at it. And that's like halfway to no. So it's like, ah, no. And then that's where it came from. And then yes was um when your cave wife was shaming you, you just hung your head and then it just sort of started to bob and she took that as yes. And then you were no longer in trouble.
2: All right. I have <laughs> some answers. I have some answers. Are we close? Most... But not all cultures have the nod for yes and the shake head for no. But there, there, nobody knows for sure, but anthropologists' best guess is that it has to do with how we uh, latch onto our mother's, I'm going to say the word nipple, when we're... When we're Stop. Whoa, Stop. what When we're... <laughs> Stop gross. And that babies <laughs> instinctively not. nod... Nipples
1: are normal. You feed children from them. Babies
2: instinctively Search for the nipple by nodding, moving their head up and down. And when they are not, no longer hungry and no longer,
1: oh, they pull it off. They,
2: they, and they and they do a No, yeah. They, and nobody knows for sure.
0: I think that, that's what this guy wanted to hear. Some nipple talk.
1: Why are you blushing?
0: Because <laughs> I'm trying not to be <laughs> stupid. <laughs>
1: All right, so if you want to leave us a voicemail and make Matt blush, then uh, please call us at 888-85-YAHOO. That's 888-859-2466. And apparently, we're legally obligated to answer your idiotic questions.
2: That's not true. But
1: actually, I really like them, so please keep them coming. It's super fun. But maybe some advice. Like, we got we got takes, man.
2: Yeah. Ask about true. what to cook your, your date.
1: <laughs> or how not to cook for you. We'll yeah.
0: tell you what not to do. Yeah. Turn. Not 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 that I I know how to do it correctly, but we've we've got some stories about people who don't know how to do it correctly.
1: We got lots of stories. But anyway, you know what else we got a story about? We got a story about it being March, and this is not only the time of free agency frenzy, but also madness, because it is tourney time. Join the madness before it's too late. You can head to Yahoo Sports and create a free bracket because this year, America's best bracket is worth one million dollars that's america's best bracket not america's perfect bracket that's a free contest for a chance to win a million dollars only at yahoo sports because there's no wrong way to fill one out except for not filling one out at all of course go to yahoo sports to play best bracket millionaire delivered by subway the tournament starts on march 21st so it's not too late sign up get started go to yahoo.com slash best bracket get to picking
0: a million dollars that's a lot
1: i would like a million dollars
0: yeah one million dollars guaranteed so much boba tea i could buy that's uh one thirtieth of antonio brown's guaranteed money
1: i mean that's what you think they should pay running backs so on that note you can follow me on twitter at liz loza underscore ff that over there sulking is at matt Harmon underscore byv we'll be back next week and liz like band boy band boy
0: boy, young band
1: there you go we'll be back next week to talk more free agency until then we out
0: some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane why pay a rate based on anyone else get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate